All right, welcome back. Welcome back. I appreciate y'all tuning in once again. Um, this is the Open Tap Podcast. My name is Emote uh, or Mo, whatever you like to call me. And uh, of course, I'm back with my boy right here. Go ahead and let him know. What up, y'all? It's Cam back here. Episode four, gonna run it today. And yeah, we're just gonna check in on some sports, man. We uh we've been talking a lot of serious stuff, and we just want to lot relax today and uh, hang out with you guys and talk a little bit about the NBA upcoming season starts on Tuesday. Uh, we're gonna talk. We're gonna check in with the dogs. Go go dogs, baby. Um, slight fifty five and zero win. A little some some light. Um, and uh, we're gonna just check in on some other things. Alabama going down. We always like to see that. And um. Yeah, so we're just gonna have fun with you guys today. And- yeah, so like we said, we got the NBA starting up on Tuesday this upcoming week. But first off, we want to kind of touch on the Draymond Green situation. Draymond Green, Jordan Poole. I'm sure y'all have seen the clip on Twitter. If not, you should go look at it. Um, Draymond just kind of slept Jordan Poole in the middle of practice. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Jay Poole mm-hmm. is just talking a lot of smack to him. What you think about that, Mo? Man, it's crazy. Like, uh, I wasn't expecting Draymond to do that. Uh, he's he's a team leader on that team, and um, I'm super surprised that, like, it's been so many different takes. People are, like, bashing his character and all that stuff. And um, apparently, according to Stevie A. Smith and a whole bunch of NBA insiders, like, um, Draymond Green brought in a lot of outside stuff into practice and it was weighing heavy on his mind. And then I guess... Jordan Poole was talking out of pocket and he just like, he was like, I'm not having it today. Yeah, I understand kind of things might get heated in practice, but, you know, scuffle maybe, but just, I don't know, from the video, it looks like he just kind of went up and slapped him. Yeah. Which like, I, I get emotions can run high. I mean, I've been there. I've been in those those practices, but I don't know, sleeping one of your teammates like that, that's a pretty intense deal situation for the team chemistry, I believe. And, like, I don't know, you see Jay Poole got that four-year, hundred-something million-dollar contract, like, three days after. Yeah, and I think they wanted to lock that up pretty sure to make sure that they knew that that Jordan Poole knew that he was important to the team. Um, I see I, I, I have a couple of different takes on this. Like, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal when it comes to this type of dynamic because Draymond knows his role. And it'll be different if somebody, if it was a ball handler or another type person, but Draymond knows he's the defensive anchor and he's the one that he's a machine, but he's not the one that takes all the shots and does all that stuff. So he knows his role and he knows that he was wrong. Uh, he came into the um, the press conference and really just basically said that he was completely wrong and that didn't, there was no need for that. And uh, he's going to step away from the team. He, he did it to himself. And so I believe that Draymond uh, knows how important Dray- uh, Jordan Poole is, especially if you see some of the clips from them winning the championship together. Like, he knows how important he is, and um, and he knows that he was wrong. So I, I'm, I believe that they sat down and, and they asked it out. Um, of course, when your teammate sleeps you or tries to sleep you, or I don't know, people say that he could have broke his jaw. Like, it's going to be some treacherous times ahead, but, like, Essentially, it's business is business, and they know what they need to do to win the championship. Yeah, the Warriors have Draymond through the next two seasons, and now they got Poole locked up for another four, including, I guess it's five with including this season. So, I mean, I guess we'll see. They're still trying to build around that dynasty, continue the legacy. They got Steph for another couple of years, I'm sure, on his contract. Yeah. 
I think Clay's coming up on the end of his uh, max deal that he had. I know he signed another one. I don't know how many what years it was, but he signed. Um, he signed something for when he got hurt. I think he signed another three or four year deal, and people have been crazy tweaking on the Warriors because um, they're right now they're going in about five hundred million dollars plus in luxury tax or five hundred mil or something like that in in luxury tax. And um, everybody's like, how can you afford this? Like, they're one of the richest clubs in the world. Yeah, so they do have – they have Clay through this season and then one more. So him and him and Draymond are on the same same year oh. becoming free agents after the 2024 season. Really? Wow. That's crazy. Um, so with that being said, do you think, you think the Warriors can repeat it again this year? I think I think you have to. The fact that you're spending all this money, there's no, you got you got to get it done. And I think they can get it done. They have all the tools in the in the basket. Like they didn't, they did it last year without Jonathan. Um, they not Jonathan, but um, but uh, the like a Yeah, do all the uh, center, the center out of um, Wiseman. Yeah, they did it out without Wiseman, and they did it without a whole bunch of people being great. And so Clay wasn't that back at hundred percent. They bit basically basically did it with defense and stuff. Yeah. And a little bit of Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins here and there. But Yeah, I agree. When you're that much money over the salary cap, seems like you have to have somewhat of an elite team to be paying all those players that much money. I think the Warriors definitely have the potential to run it back. But I mean we'll see. We still got some really good teams in the league coming up this year. I mean, you know my home team, the Celtics. <laughs> I got to rock with them being being the favorites. They have the best odds to uh, win the 2023 title at plus 450 with the Warriors in second at plus 550. But you know, you can't you can't count on the Bucks with Giannis either. No. Can't. That man that man that man is an absolute freak and uh Giannis is definitely one of my favorite players to watch. He's all work ethic, nothing else. And every year he gets better. Every every year he gets better. So um, we go back and forth, and me and a couple of guys like, what are you, are you taking? Are you taking Yoke? Are you taking Joel? Are you taking Giannis? Oof, I'm probably taking Giannis for my team. That's that's tough between him and the Joker, though. Yeah, I'm not a huge Embiid fan, just because I'd be rocking with the Hawks as my second favorite team, and they have some beef with them. Yeah, I like. I mean, I I just enjoy Giannis because he he guards. He he can he can he's a lockdown defender on mm-hmm. no matter what, what's going on. He hustles. Yeah, yeah, and never uh, takes a playoff. De- definitely doesn't. Definitely, definitely does not take a day off either. Uh, kind of a work ethic, Kobe. Kobe is work ethic. Not as crazy with the footwork and everything, but he's getting there. Like three pointer becomes better every year. He's got he's got some type of fade in his bag now. Like. I don't know what you're gonna do when you see a six eleven Jack dude fading. Mm. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy time. Gets his dirk shot. Yeah, and then you got Victor Wamayame out of France looking like seven four doing fades too. So like NBA is becoming crazy these days, guys. You got you got seven uh six ten plus dudes fading on you and that can handle the ball and dribble and guard and all that stuff, so it's wild. Yeah. It also kind of takes me to think about the Nets. You know, if the Nets, if they get to clicking, they're they're not gonna lose. But it just they got to get all their all their plays to get their head head right. They have to all lock in, buy in, and if they can get KD, Ben, and Kai to do that, 
they would they would be unstoppable. Yeah. If they if they played the game how it's supposed to be played and they put aside their egos and came together. Yeah. That'd be a hard team to beat in any seven game series. Most definitely. Um, I saw their game the other day. Well, I saw a couple get a preseason game. Of course, it's just a preseason, so you can't think too much of it. But um, it the the only question I have is whether Ben Simmons wants to. Now, does he want to play? I mean, that's a question too. But does he want to score the ball? Because Ben Simmons playing defense, no one has ever said Ben Simmons is not a defender. No one's ever said Ben Simmons can't pass the ball. But is he willing and able to score? And is he going to be aggressive? Because there's so many times he's he or six ten, like you you're or you're six somewhere around six ten, six nine, and and you drill the ball like a guard, but you, but you just can't. Go up to the hoop, like start bodying people and don't do it in like, don't do it in like in the half court dribbling, over dribbling and then want to take somebody yeah. to the basket. He tries to back him down like a post. Yeah. Like do it in, do it in transition, like get your buckets, like fake get buckets. Like, like he played at LSU. Yeah. That's how he played in college. And that's why he went so high as he did because he played like a guard in a big man's body. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just need, I mean, I'm not I'm, again. I don't. I don't know what's wrong with Ben Simmons. I mean, Ben Simmons and Kyrie are both players that really get on my nerves. But uh, but I think Ben Simmons, if he can get his act together and get his mind right, and actually play basketball and not defer to his teammates, then uh, the Nets can do anything. Yeah, they had a stat of him like guarding Giannis in a preseason game, and he. And he shut him down at like fifteen percent or something around their shooting. So I mean, it's it's possible. Like their defense is gonna be better. Their offense is gonna run more smoothly. But when Kyrie and Kevin Durant aren't shooting well, like people are gonna be leaving you wide open. Are you gonna shoot the ball? Are you gonna make layups? Are you gonna dunk the ball? Like, yeah, they need that third score to really open up the rest of the opportunities for KD and Kawhi to get those shots. Cause you know it's. It's easier to guard two people that can shoot it really well than it is three. When you have three on the floor that can really kind of get a bucket on demand, that's a dangerous team. Mm. I mean, what, I mean, what uh, do you have any sleepers that are gonna are gonna be fun to watch at least this year, or gonna be or can possibly contend for a title? Because I know a lot of people are saying stuff like uh, the Clippers. Yeah, yeah, the Clippers. Clippers are coming in at plus eight hundred with their odds that I saw. But one of the teams that really surprised me of how how high they ranked were, were ranked to start the season at, at the preseason since we haven't started is the Timberwolves. You know the Timberwolves. Man, that's so goofy. The Timberwolves have been slowly putting together a squad. So they they got uh, Rudy Gobert this offseason. but they also have Cat. So that's a very dominant front court already. I love the way that Anthony Edwards has built himself into the league and really developed himself as a young star. I think he'll be a multiple-time All-Star in these upcoming years. Maybe even MVP. Maybe, but I think he's a very that's a very exciting team to watch this upcoming season and really see what they're able to do with Rudy Gobert now in that lineup. Um, Minnesota gets on my nerves because they they it's kind of like the U.S. market when it comes to going to the grocery store, like. They made Rudy Gobert like they they inflated the market so much, and they made the KD deal undealable when he wanted to leave early because they're like, oh look at Rudy Gobert like look at him they get like four picks and like four players and and like why can't we get that for KD like 
Rudy Gobert is 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 really not that big, and I mean he he's a big part of defense. He plays defense. He plays great defense. Runs the floor, dunks the ball. Um, I'm much rather having them than AD, but that's another that's another discussion. Um, but they I don't know if it's how it's gonna work because you're gonna you're gonna have to have Rudy Gobert in the paint. Uh, um, Carl Anthony Towns is gonna have to shoot way better from three because without that spacing, it's not gonna work. And then another big thing I saw, and I and I said to my friends was, Carl uh, Anthony Towns is now gonna have to play defense. He's gonna have to rotate. And they called him bad in preseason. They have a couple of clips of him just completely lacking and with no body control, rotating, late rotations, and people just getting open threes. And that's not fine in today's NBA. So um, it's gonna be interesting. It's all gonna come down to really for me. I think the lineup can possibly work. It's um or or some combination of the lineup can work. It all depends on coaching. So we'll see how their coach does. Yeah, I agree. You think you there's a really good rookie class that came through this year? You you got any uh early two early uh rookie of the years? I mean, I was gonna say um I really wanted to see Chet go to work. Honestly, I really wanted to see Chet go to work. Um, he was looking good in the preseason. He was. He was looking very smooth in the preseason. The summer league, whatever it was, he played in. Um, yeah. So I I I don't know. I uh, what about you? You go ahead. Like what you got for me? Yeah, definitely like Jaden Ivy, a six four shooting guard out of Purdue. He went fifth overall this year to the Pistons. He's just a really elite guard. I think he's the he's one of the definitions of what like a two guard looks like in today's NBA. He can shoot it really well from three. He's a very explosive player. He does really well in transition. And I don't know, just watching him at Purdue, he just had such a such an electrifying career at Purdue that it just makes me really excited to see what he can do with this struggling uh, Detroit team because he's going to be given probably a fair amount of the reins to start out the season. So I'm excited to see what he does along with some of those other other rookies or second-year players they have now, like Cade Cunningham. So we'll see how they all work together. Oh, uh, yeah. And then, um, I mean, of course, like, I didn't pick – I picked Chet, but, I mean, he's not a rookie, but I'm really, I'm really, really, really ready to see this man, Victor Wamayame, on the floor. If that's how you say his name. I hope that's how you say his name. I people jack up my name, but uh, um, yeah, I'm ready to see him on the floor. Six four, long, does everything, can do everything. He puts he needs to put a little weight on, um, but he's basically like a KD figure except he's like five inches taller. Yeah, I like seven four, not six four. Yeah, or yeah, seven four. Excuse me. And with shoes on, they said he's at seven five, seven six. And this guy right here with injuries, no injuries, he's gonna be easy bucket doing the league. I saw him doing a lot of stuff in the preseason. I really enjoyed. He's seven four, but he died but he was diving on the floor, coming across the lane for blocks, wasn't afraid to go up, wasn't afraid to go down on the ground. So that's what you like to see. A lot of seven fours not diving on the ground. And a lot of seven fours are just entering the league, aren't coming across the lane trying to block. Trying to get blocks like that. Aren't trying to play defense like that. Just just casual and not really Competitors, but not ultra competitive in that sense. Ready to dive on the ground and and do what needs to be done to get the job done. Um, yeah. So, I think the last one we want to talk touch on on this NBA is like our most improved player. 
So so for me, the most improved player who I think I think Ant, I'm going back to the T Wolves again. I think Anthony Edwards has taken most improved player home. I really think he's gonna elevate his game this year, put him at an all-star level. You know, but that all comes down to the coaching and how well um that Minnesota team is able to gel and really work together and work on their rotations. So I really think a big part of his success has to do with how Minnesota succeeds as well this season. Yeah, that's not a bad pick, especially when you're coming out of Atlanta. Go dogs, UGA. Uh, and they always came out of there. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with Jalen Green. Uh, Jalen Green, uh, he averaged, he averaged, what well, he averaged? He averaged 17 uh, with two assists, almost three with with almost four, robo- four rebounds. And uh, he's electrifying. He flies like no one's business. He's got a strap on him shooting 34% from three. I mean, that's 34% is really good. And people like to see that in the NBA. And so um, he thought he took. I saw him in game. He took a lot of dumb shots, but like when you're rebuilding organizations and a little immaturity when it comes to uh, just being careless with the ball and stuff like that. But um, I think that he can be really good. Um, electri- electrifying player that can easily average over twenty in the NBA. So uh, y'all just keep a lookout for him. Um, you got any uh, MVP sleepers or anything like that? Uh, I haven't thought too much on the MVP. You know, I'm still waiting on my guy, Jason Tatum, to get his. Oh, jeez. I think I think the Celtics have a squad this year, especially getting uh, Malcolm Brogdon as a pickup. I think he'll really he'll really bring the true point guard role, kind of that Marcus Smart doesn't really bring offensively. Mm-hmm. I think Marcus Smart is a great defensive player. I mean, reigning defensive player of the year, and I think he brings a – Malcolm Brogdon brings a different part to our offense that Marcus Smart isn't able to bring. I hope that really electrifies Jason Tatum's game even more from what he was last season when he was all-star level as well. So we'll see how that squad turns out and how Jason Tatum's able to transition his game with a true point guard now. Uh, My MVP um, is going to be my sleeper for MVP. I think uh, it's going to be really it's going to be between Steph and Yoke for for the real uh to the end. See who's gonna last the longest throughout the season. Um but my real sleeper for MVP is gonna be Zion. He's coming back with a vengeance, everybody. He looks slim, he's he's lost weight, he looks he looks like he can fly again like he did in high school. Um he he, he said he needed to take time away, he's gotten his mind right, um, he's gotten his health right. So no one, no one can guard Zion. No, nobody can guard Zion. He he's too bouncy. He's got a quick second bounce. Um, you can read him like a book, but you're not even getting to the shot. Like, I believe he's put work in on the right hand to have a couple finishes, a couple counter moves. Um, he ain't got a bad three. He can shoot the three ball uh, when he wants to. He doesn't need to, so he doesn't, cause you can't guard him anyway. So uh, I'm gonna go with him and and don't sleep on the Pelicans to get to get into the West and make some noise, especially in the playing game, and uh, get out of the playing game and go maybe take a game, take uh, one of the one of the uh, first or second seeds, I believe, something like that, to uh, one of those seeds, whoever it is. Don't be, don't sleep on them. The boys down there, CJ McCollum, they ready, and um, they can play ball. So. Um, I expect Zion to be averaging 20, 20, uh, 20, 10 in like five or six easy, easy buckets. So, 
yeah, y'all just stay tuned, man. Yeah, really, it's gonna be a great NBA. It's gonna be a really, really good NBA season. Zion coming back. Um, I wish Chet was playing. Um, you're gonna have Clay coming back. Uh, you're gonna have the Warriors trying to repeat. You're gonna have to try the Lakers and scoop up the back off the ground because they look like trash last year. Um, the King trying to do his thing out there. Um, and you're gonna try Anthony Davis. I'm sorry, but I gotta just say this, Anthony Davis. You need to pick up a ball before. Throw it. You need to pick up a ball, my friend, and and learn how to pass all the posts. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So again, um, um, yeah. So all sports this year is gonna be really nice. NBA is gonna be fantastic. But uh, last but not least on our list, we're gonna, of course, talk about the dogs in college football. Um, what you got for me? Yeah, man, the dogs blew out Vandy this week, 55-0. Some light. Some in light. I mean, we looked really good again. I'm, I hope that we really got that rat poison out of the building that um, we kind of had that, those past couple weeks against, like, Missouri and Kent State. I think being number one kind of maybe got some guys' egos, got to some guys' heads. But, you know, it seems like they pushed that out of the building. They really came back and uh, put out a statement win again. I mean, not really a statement win, but a dominating win. And they looked good, man. And we got the bye week coming up here. And then right after that, we got the largest co- outdoor cocktail party down in Jacksonville, taking on the Gators, who who looked good at the beginning of the season, but have kind of slowly started to fall off. Yeah. Uh, oh, I can't think of Richardson. Is that their quarterback? Yeah, AR. AR. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's a good runner, man. But, man, he has to work on his accuracy. He has some easy throws that he be missing that – the team that really be costing the team some games, I believe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the dogs will go go handle business down in Jacksonville, and then the week after we got we got Tennessee number three Tennessee in Sanford Stadium. I believe I saw a stat where it was this is the uh, only third top five matchup in Sanford Stadium, and both of those games were back in like the nineteen like seventies eighties maybe. So. Yeah, we'll see. That's probably one of the biggest games in Sanford Stadium history. So, I mean, we'll see how the dogs come up. I think I think we'll handle business there, too. I mean, yeah, they beat Bama, but their defense gave up, like, what, 30, 40-something points? And I think, I think truly our offense is better than Alabama's offense has been looking. Yeah. And I think our defense is a lot better, our secondary especially. Our defensive backs have been elite this year, and Alabama's DBs got burned all game against Tennessee. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um I'm just the only thing I'm fearful of is the consistency of uh Stetson Bennett um when it comes to making good decisions consistently. Um he wants to I like his decisions going off the ball, like off script, stuff like that. But when it comes to him like staying on the path of consistency for the whole game, especially when it comes to those in the tight games, he try he tries to do a little bit too much try to fit balls in places that he has no business. And um, I really need a, a wide receiver to step up to the plate out here. Um, I know there's a couple um, that are out here trying to do their thing. And sometimes he puts the ball in their hands and they just dropped it. But sometimes we um, we rely on on people like Darnell Washington a little bit too much. Yeah, he's 6'8", big man, but... We need some. We need some more deep threats, um, rather than those two guys. Our tight end room, uh, to be specifically, on them. Um, but Georgia overall looks good. Their defense looks fantastic. Um, 
I have no complaints about their defense. Uh, when it comes to Alabama, as you were saying, they got toasted. They got destroyed on the back end. Um, yeah, they... Jalen Hyatt had like seven receptions, 206 yards, and like four or five touchdowns. Yeah. So he just burnt their DBs all game long. And yeah, they couldn't. There wasn't even routes. Like he was running the go route, like like straight down the field. And they just couldn't touch him. Like they, their speed was not there. They got absolutely destroyed on the back and um, up front. Alabama got whooped like on both sides of the ball. They had a couple rushes that that made him throw. I think they won interception. That fumble recovery was on. On uh, Tennessee quarterback, but, yeah, scoop and score. Yeah, but um, they really weren't pressuring him at all for most of the game. He did what he wanted to do. Um, he had like one in INT and one rush, a couple like couple like QB rushes where they rushed him out of the pocket or something like that. But for the most part, he wasn't touched. Not nothing. He didn't hit the ground. Um, that dude um, Gibbs, their running back is. Fantastic. Yeah, Georgia uh, Tech transfer. Yeah, my friend always juicing up him. Um, but that's pretty much all they have. Gibbs is amazing. Um, Bryce uh, Heisman candidate, he's doing well as well. But um, their team is not overall. They got exposed this weekend for a lot of stuff they need to fix up. And, of course, I'm never counting Alabama out because Nick Saban is going to do his thing. He's going to find a way. Uh, but overall, they, they got a lot to prove over the next couple uh, over the next couple of weeks, that's why they um, that's why they split down at number six this week on the AP poll, and um, of course I don't know what Clemson is doing ahead of them because even though Clemson is beating Florida State, you go look at their schedule, they had a shootout with uh, who they Wake Forest, a shootout with Wake Forest, like I can have a shootout with Wake Forest, like I don't know what you're doing and Wake Forest having a shootout, <laughs> so like hey, Sam Hartman over at Wake Forest is a good quarterback though. Yeah, he is. He is. He's tough, uh, but yeah, you're Clemson, and I agree. Um, that, that shouldn't be no problem with you. And their defensive line is freaking amazing up there at Clemson this year. They got really a lot of really good guys, uh, up in their front four. But their quarterback is in question, their wide receivers are in question, and their DBs are in question. Like, uh, DJ U- Ugala, Ugala, I don't even know how to say his name. Ugalele. I don't know. We're just going to say DJ. We, I'm not going to jack it up. But his name, yeah, DJ, their quarterback is not very good. Um, he's really the train. He's leading that He's leading that whole thing. He's not He's not doing well this year. They've been juicing them up. But, yeah, he hasn't He hasn't been doing much. Yeah, Clemson hasn't had one game this season where I've been like, oh, they look dominant today. Like, they, they've slimmed by all their wins, I feel like. And I, I just don't – I don't see them – competing in a college football playoff. I think if they do make it, they're going to get squashed by whoever they play, and it's just going to be a shame to one of those teams that maybe could have put up a dogfight. I think think Michigan has really stepped up their game this year. Uh, I really called Michigan a couple years ago. This is their first time they've actually uh, had a – this is the first time they actually had another quarterback uh, coming to their school that was not a grad transfer or some type of portal transfer from a different school. So I really I really uh had big hopes for Michigan that's showing out. They really run the ball real nicely and defense is showing up over there. Yeah, so one of the teams that has really surprised me this season has been TCU. TCU has looked fantastic this season. They are undefeated. 
They're ranked top 10 now, I believe. They are number eight, seven, eight. So TCU's number eight. They have some statement wins over Oklahoma, beating them 55-24. I believe that game was in Oklahoma, too. Uh, they went into Kansas two weeks ago for college game day first. College game day in Kansas. Beat an undefeated Kansas team 38-31. This past week, played Oklahoma State. Beat Oklahoma State, who was ranked number 11, 43-40. In overtime, so that was another top 15 win for them. So we'll see how they do this week. This week they got Kansas State. They got to go into, or I believe that's a home game. So they got Kansas State coming in ranked number 17. So we'll see how they do. We'll see by the end of the season if they can stick it out, being uh, still ranked in the top 10, maybe sneak it into a playoff spot. But that's that's been a team that's really surprised me this season. Yeah, Um uh, by the way, Michigan does have a game coming up at the end of the year against Ohio State. That's not in. That's not in the. Um, of course, in the um, in their bowl in their bowl game or their championship game, and so that's really gonna be what's gonna. That's really gonna what decide who's gonna be in this college football playoff. Uh, there's been so many different variables coming out of people saying, well, maybe four SEC teams can be in the college football playoff. They said, what if, uh, Georgia beats Alabama. Or what if um uh yeah what if Tennessee beats Alabama, but then excuse me. So like if Georgia Georgia beats Tennessee and yeah. Georgia goes to the SEC, but then Bama beats Georgia, so then you have Georgia, Bama, and Tennessee all one loss teams yeah. that all beat each other. And then you also have Ole Miss. Yeah, Ole and, Miss. Which too. only has which which can possibly are they still in line to get uh be a one loss team? It the same. Yeah. They have to play Bama. Yeah, so what if they beat Bama? Yeah. Um. So then I mean, Bama could be out, but if they what if they lose to Bama? I mean, they're still gonna be a one loss team. You're gonna have four SEC one loss teams with um, all lost to each other. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have a Michigan Ohio State that can possibly get to the end and be undefeated. Both of those would be one. Of those could be one loss. And then you have a Clemson. Which could come out of the ACC, obviously, because they're squashing everybody in the ACC. So, are you going to leave out a conference champion and put in a one-loss SEC team, or are you going to put in a one-loss Big Ten team, or are you going to um, put in TC TCU? So, um, I was telling somebody while uh, yesterday, this would be a great season for that twelve-team format. Like a lot, no one's looking super, super like a like a boss. Everyone's looking decent and has some cracks in their game, so this would be a great this would be a great year because of course they can't do it because of scheduling, and they have Texas moving over to SEC, which that's that's a whole different conversation. But that there, uh, this would be a great year for that twelve team format. Yeah, I mean I agree with extending the playoffs past four, but I I, I personally feel like twelve is too many. I, I'd be cool with six. First two teams get a bye. Top two teams get a bye, or even a six team playoff where. You have, or I guess a sixteen will work. I mean, an eight team, because a six team you'd have two lives, or an eight team where you have four playing games, so there'd be three three rounds to win it all. So I mean, we'll see. I think they already did agree to a 12, 12 team or eight team mm -hmm. in the future, but I think I personally feel like twelve is a little too many to give it that many teams a shot. I don't know if there's twelve worthy teams by week thirteen to be considered for the, a mm -hmm. national champion. Yeah, I was thinking maybe like seven, like uh, between seven and eight. So top, power five, top five, 
and then the next three, two to three best, and then maybe one gets a buy. First, uh, number one overall gets a buy. Um, so you could maybe include the these other conferences that don't get the chance, bring up, bring more audience in, and stuff like that. Uh, so I mean, I'm a fan of well college football. Twelve team is a lot, but it's gonna make it a lot. It's gonna make it a lot more interesting. Um, so yeah, so college football is gonna be it's gonna be crazy as it gets down to the end. These uh this this next half or a little bit more than half the season left so yeah y'all stay tuned go dogs as always um so yeah you got anything for them no that's that's it appreciate y'all tuning in it's our first sports podcast so let us know any feedback any criticism we're all ears so appreciate y'all tuning in and sticking with us to the end and yeah just tune in um we don't take criticism from lakers fans or 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 Bama fans, so if you have any criticism on them, yeah, whatever. Y'all have a great one. We'll see y'all later.